Marathon Medic podcast. My name's Amy and I'm a junior doctor and running coach based in London. In this series of the podcast, Running and Me, I'll be chatting with runners about why they started running and the benefits it's had to their health, both physically and mentally. On this episode, I'm catching up with Dr. Abbas Sadar. Abbas balances his busy schedule working as a junior doctor in Oxford with both running and spinning. Last year, he ran his first marathon, which ended up being the London Marathon after securing a ballot on his first attempt. He's kept up with running ever since and is here to chat about the positive impact it's had on his life. So thank you for joining me today, Abbas. Um, I think it'd be good to start off by just talking about how we met, because it's actually quite interesting. And I think from my memory, it was actually in Brazil, wasn't it? That is correct. Yes, yeah. yes. Thank you for having me. It's um, great to be here and it's great to actually have a chance to catch up with you um, since since Brazil, pretty much, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. been a long time. So yeah. that was, I think in 2015, yeah. we went out there as a as medical students yeah. to learn about cancer prevention. Yeah, um, in the Brazilian healthcare system. Yeah. yeah. And I think we got back in touch actually through Instagram last year when you started running. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Which is a great chance for me to, to ask you how you got into running and how that all started. Yeah, so um, it's a, it was a bit of a roundabout journey into running. Um, what really happened, so going back to 2017, uh, no, 2018. Um, I was in London on the day the London Marathon was being run. It was the year when it was this completely blistering hot conditions and, you know, people were passing out everywhere. Uh, but I was in London for a meeting and just the atmosphere around the whole thing was just really captivating. Um, and I just thought, oh, I just want to be part of that. You know, I've watched it on TV as I was growing up. I've always watched running and love watching athletics, but I never really kind of got into it. So I thought, you know what, let's put a ballot entry into the next five years and see what happens. It's one of those bucket list things that you want to maybe do at some point in your life. <laughs> and then after my submitting it for the first time, lo and behold, I ended up getting a ballot entry <laughs> uh, to much of my friends, you know, uh, horror and annoyance, because I know some of them have been putting entries in for like t five, ten years and they have yet to succeed. Um, so that's what really got me into it. I found out when I sort of a few months into my first job as a junior doctor. Um, so I was already quite overwhelmed. And then this subsequently was put on top of me. And initially I was freaking out. And I was like, oh dear, uh, what do I do? Um, how am I gonna do this? I didn't know what it entailed. Um, I didn't know if I could do it. Um, so I was just kind of stumbling through, working it out, you know, catching up and getting in touch with people like yourself uh, on the way. Um, doing races in between um, and then as a consequence of that I just got hooked on it uh, and since then yeah it's just been something that I just don't want to give up now um, and it's become a big part of my life so yeah that is the my journey into <laughs> running. running journey yeah so before you had the, the ballot result sure. were you running at all or was that literally you know one day you wake up and you've got a marathon to train for pretty much as in like I would intermittently run okay. so you know like maybe when I'm just wanting to feel I want to feel a bit better about myself oh yeah I'll just go for a bit of a run around the house or something which I would do every now and then but nothing nothing to the extent of even preparing for a 5k um, let alone a marathon um, so yeah it was pretty much zero to 100 in the space of getting the getting the entry which sometimes I think is the best way to do it if you're thrown into something you just have to adapt and and start running absolutely what was your biggest barriers to that or the, or the things you struggled with the most um so for me i'd say the biggest challenge was actually 
running if that makes sense <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, okay. yeah um so as I said I just started my first job as a junior doctor um and it was you know it's it's not the easiest thing yeah um it's very relentless the hours are a terrible uh the recovery time between those hours is minimal mm-hmm. um so I just was struggling to even find time to run yeah. Um, you know, I was finding all, I was finding marathon, you know, training schedules online and I was like, oh, I could do this one. And then I realized actually I can't run on that day. I can't run on that day. I can't run on that day. So therefore like maybe day one, I could only do day one of the three or four scheduled runs. So I had to work out how to get around this. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to run as many races as I can. Races were mini goals that I could work towards. I did my first 10k in Fulham. Uh, and again, that was my first proper race and I just loved it. You know, um, it was, uh, just a great atmosphere, great experience. Did another 10 K did a third 10 K. Then I signed up for my first half marathon. Then I signed up for my second half marathon. Then I did a 20 mile race last race before doing the uh, the London marathon eventually. I think it's a good technique because I, I really, um, agree with you that I find marathon training plans that you get on the internet so rigid and life isn't rigid and predictable. Yeah. So I've never used one yeah. personally. I always build one myself around yeah. whatever I'm doing. Yeah. Um, so time is definitely an issue. And I think especially in our yeah. line of work, I found another thing is having to adapt your training to a job where you are on your feet all day, because yeah. it's very different to sitting in an office. Yeah, so I was just wondering if you'd managed to pick up any techniques. I feel like we can cover, you know, <laughs> five to 10 K on the wards. Yeah. Absolutely. Like that step count sometimes when you're on call, it hits like, what, I don't know, 20,000 when yeah. you've got patients like scattered all across the hospital. Um, and it is tiring and it does take it out of your feet. So, you know, the thought or prospect of having to go for a, a long run after a 12 hour on-call shift. It, I mean, I love running, but even that can mm. you know it can you, you you question it because you're like I, a can i do it and b will i be able to turn up to work the next day yeah and do it all over again my main thing was to rely on my the weekends when i wasn't on call to really to really just run as much as i could um i know it wasn't ideal but it meant it was a time where i could actually you know prepare to run um yeah. mentally prepare you know the day before get everything ready do the run, reflect how it went. Um, and yeah, that was probably, that that was how I managed to, to get in runs um, and get, get them around and fit them in around work. I think for me, the other, the other thing, uh, which I found for exercise in general, but also running, trying to get it done before work, yeah. works quite well for me. Um, not only does it mean that the run's out the way and you don't feel like it's a burden that's ensuing at the end of the day, you're mentally, you know, you feel a lot more rejuvenated and more ready to to tackle what the wards might throw at you on that day yeah i've been swimming a lot more in the mornings at the moment yeah so i personally can't run first thing in the okay, morning how because come? i need breakfast yeah and i think having to wake up early enough to have breakfast and it go down and then run yeah. i can't do before work yeah. so i started swimming yeah i'm very lucky that there's a pool a few minutes away so it's yeah. so so easy but i found i haven't really done it for training but just for my mental well-being is great. I, yeah. I, my days at work are so much better on the days that I've gone swimming. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure it is helping my running yeah. in some ways. And it's nice to feel strong in different ways. Like yeah. my arms have been exercised yeah, for the absolutely. first time in, yeah, yeah. in years. No, I often like a lot of my colleagues often at work, um, 
on night shifts and even on the long days to when, when we get towards the end of the shifts and I'm still, you know, buzzing around, darting mm-hmm. around, doing X, Y, Z, they're often a bit like, you know, where, where's that energy coming from? It's from the running and it's from the other exercise that I do. It actually, it keeps me going, which sounds mm-hmm. a bit counterintuitive because obviously yeah. you're, um, you know, your, your, your body's going, you're, you're putting your body through a lot, but um, I think a big part of it and one thing that I've fallen in love with with regards to running is how it helps from a mental point of mm. view and how it makes you feel and how it can instantly just change your outlook on the day um, really easily. Do you find that it's been an important part of your foundation training? Because it is, obviously your responsibility gets bigger as you move up in the NHS, but Absolutely. as a doctor, when you're first starting in a way, that's almost the most stressful bit because it's the unknown, yeah. it's the the work that maybe other people don't want to do sometimes. Yeah. Have yeah. you found running's helped you cope with that? Oh, a million percent. Um, I mean, we were talk. We went. We just came back from a run, and I was talking mm. how I've just, you know, I've see loads of colleagues around me. My 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 level um, senior to me, and they're all, you know, they're all burning out all around me, you know. And it's inevitable, given you know, it's a tough job, um, and it it almost doesn't get any easier yeah. as, as you get as you uh, as the responsibility increases. So for me, it's, it's given me something to focus on. It's given me something to target and something I can do out of work, uh, which I enjoy. Uh, but also, um, it has a subsequent benefit on my work life as well. Yeah. I um, I haven't done them myself yet. I start in August, yeah. but I know you've been doing lots of night shifts. I have, yes. I was just wondering if you had any pearls of wisdom to share about how, how you've managed to balance exercising with night shifts, because yeah. to me, that's such a... A stress on the body itself yeah. to then go and do exercise is quite an extreme thing yeah. to do to your body when it's already tired yeah. and run down. So I think to any of your listeners who might be listening in and wondering what it feels like to do a night shift, <laughs> um, I think the best description I give to people is like you're in just a constant state of jet lag. Yeah. So you just feel jet lagged all the time mm-hmm. while you're on it. Um, your mind's a bit fuzzy. Um, your eyes are like bright red. Um, and you're just walking around like a zombie, really. Yeah. Um, in terms of how I managed to try and get exercise in, it's tough. And I'd admit that there's times where I've had to forego the exercise mm-hmm. for my sh- for the batch of night shifts. So typically you do, a, what, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night. Um, and every now and then... If when the shift finishes and I feel good about the shift and I'm like, yeah, that was a good shift, I might feel like, you know what, I'm going to just get in a run before I, you know, go to sleep. It's tough. Um, Interestingly, though, the days where I have forced myself to go for a run following the night shift, I end up sleeping a lot better during the day uh, in preparation for the next night shift. Um, But yeah. I guess it's about just taking it easy as well. So not it would be ridiculous to finish a night shift and go and do a really intense session, but maybe just to kind of cool down, run, to clear your thoughts. Well, that's the thing. And like, sometimes you've got a race coming and you've got a certain number of miles that you want to get in, or if there's a certain type of, you know, if you're, if you're practicing your intervals or you're doing hills and things and you know, you need to get it done. That's tough because Mm -hmm. you like, I need to get it done, but I'd much rather, as you said, do a leisurely run. Like the one that we just did now was perfect. It was just a nice pace um, I admit I have yet to I have yet to strike the right balance for exercise mm. and night shifts. Again, it tends to be one of those things that when I get onto my zero days, which are my recovery days, that's where I end up going. You know, almost catching up. Yeah, I tend to do that. So I would run a lot more. Um, 
and I would try and do more spin classes, which is one of the other key bits that I do to keep my cardiovascular system going. Um, so it's, it's a catch up game actually for me yeah. at the moment, um, taking those zero days to, to, to do the exercise or the running that I would have done um, during those, uh, during those days. And to me, sleep is almost part of your training program oh, because yeah. if you're exercising, you're not going to recover and build your muscle if you're not sleeping. Absolutely. So I think you do have to strike that balance between doing the night shift and maybe, you know, actually I, I'm not going to exercise today because the sleep is more yeah. important because there's no point just pushing and pushing and not yeah. recovering as well. But this is so, what's so hard about, I mean, all jobs, but in particularly I found being a doctor, like it's so hard to switch off when you get home. Mm. You know, yes, you've finished your shift, you've handed over the bleep, but in the back of your mind, you're like, did I, you know, did I prescribe that antibiotic correctly? Uh, did I check that patient's blood? Because it makes it harder to get that recovery in. But yeah, as you said, it's vital in order to uh, ensure that your next run um, goes to plan. Do you think, I think that attitude of when you come home from work, you, you're switched on, you're thinking about things, yeah. maybe feeds into that typical picture we have of doctors that are often quite perfectionist yeah. and yeah. high achievers. And I sometimes wonder if sports are maybe difficult for those people as well, because they have to do them to perfection and they can become quite obsessive yeah. with exercise. Yeah. Have you found that you've ever felt like that? Well, I think, yeah, I think there's 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 two elements to it. So on one side, yes, I think often or jobs like being a doctor does att uh, does attract that kind of, you know, personality that, you know, they want to be the best. And, you know, that's a good thing to want to do, especially if you're looking after other people. Um, but I can envisage and I think there are situations where, you know, doctors tend to be put off by doing sports perhaps perhaps extra quickly just because they know that they're not going to perhaps be able to do it how they'd want to you know be able to actually get in the hours follow a regimen and keep going and following mm -hmm. it to the t um and i guess that that would be my approach but it was when when the london marathon ballot came up and i was like you know i just have to like work it out mm -hmm. and then just do whatever i can that that helped but on the contrary i also think exercise in general is the way that I do switch off yeah. from work as well. In addition to obviously physically improving, like, you know, my body and physically improving, you know, my, my fitness goals. It's, it's my me time. It's away from everyone else, out of the medical bubble uh, and switching off from the world around you, um, which I, I really value. Do you tend to do your sports uh, independently or with other people? Um, so it depends. So as I said, I, I mean, I have already brought it up multiple times, but I'm a huge fan of spinning. <laughs> I think we need to just explore we the just, spinning, don't yeah, we? Yeah. Uh, when did you get into that? Um, so interestingly, spinning first came on the radar when I was in medical school. Okay. It was final year of medical school in that horrible period between September to October of final year where you're applying for jobs you're preparing for OSCEs, you're preparing for electives. And it was, it got to the point where I, there was some, there was a week where I literally was just sitting in the library, 9am to like 8pm every day, repeating that cycle. And I just went, all of a sudden, I just kind of went, I, I can't be that person that like, this can't be all I do. There has to be something out there. Mm. And I was like, I just, I just need to do something. And normally when it comes to trying out new things, I'm quite someone that likes to do it with someone I know or like, yeah. you know, do it, go with someone. But I was just like, I'm just going to 
find something and I just stumbled across um, a these introductory welcome packs to do a spinning session at um, Cycle um, and I thought yeah you know what let's just give it a go and then I just kept going back and I, I wasn't sure why I was going back and I just kept going and then the frequency just kept increasing yeah. and I would start to do double back-to-back -back sessions I start to do triple sessions I'd start to so you're spinning for three hours sometimes yeah, yeah. Wow. so I did a so uh, one of one of the instructors Chris over Easter he tends to do a 60 60 back-to-back -back. so we yeah. do a 60 minute class and then like a five minute break and then another 60 and his classes are very heavy very high resistance mm. um and so so obviously they they completely destroy you in the best yeah. possible way yeah um and but then we go for pizza afterwards so 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 we make up for it mm -hmm. um but yeah um and i and now like now when i think about it people ask me like why am i so you know why am i so obsessed with with spinning uh what, what is it about it and i mean again it's that option to switch off yeah it's the option to be in an environment where I'm not attached to my mobile phone. True. Um, no one can get hold of me when you're not holding a bleep. Mm -hmm. um, and all you're doing is just focusing on cycling to a beat. And that's all you can focus on because that is all that's there. And as a consequence, you just, you just forget everything about it. I find it similar to mindfulness meditation where it's all about you know the moment yeah. um, and just focusing on what's going on now not thinking about what's happened not thinking about what you're going to do next and just focus on that um so that yeah that's what i love about it and why i'm like i still do it like avidly um it's actually was a big part of my you know training for the first marathon um it from a cardiovascular point of view it really helped me and obviously helped break up the runs and reduce the impact on the knees, which can be a bit, you know, which can can take a bit of a toll sometimes as well. Yeah, I've definitely got more into cross training yeah. more recently. Yeah. I think to, to break things up, especially in the winter, because I love running, yeah. but there's only so many times you can go out by yourself yeah. in the pouring rain. Yeah, absolutely, dark. absolutely. So just mixing up for yeah. me. It's been swimming, so different. Yeah. Um, but also, I just feel like it's made me overall fitter. So yeah. it definitely helps. It all contributes. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's nice to go to classes sometimes I think yeah. just for the the people absolutely and different people like we end up working with doctors I live with doctors um you know socialize with doctors yeah um, I and think in medical school you especially the we went to the same medical school yeah. and it's a healthcare campus yeah so honestly all my friends are medics or runners yeah. <laughs> yeah. I literally yeah. have two two conversations that I have nowadays yeah. are either about sport or medicine yeah. but it's good to meet other people well it's I mean it's I think it's really refreshing and obviously you end up meeting really interesting people from mm -hmm. completely different backgrounds something like running it's one of those topics that people who love running like to talk about it so you can meet a stranger and then in the space of about like 10 minutes you you, you feel like you've known them for ages so um, on the trauma ward that I work on at the moment, um, there's quite a few keen. Some a lot of the nurses are quite keen runners. Okay. Uh, your job as a doctor can be made a lot easier if you get along with the nurses and work with the nurses. Yeah. Um, and for me, just stumbling across the conversation of running with them at one point has meant that I've managed to develop a really good rapport with them, and you know, it's just more enjoyable working with them and you know we every now and then like we take five minutes out and just talk a bit about oh, like what race are you doing next what race are you going and hopefully i think we're so for the the milton Keynes 20 mile race that's coming up in march uh two of the other nurses are going to be running it as well so nice. you know it's something to you know 
it, it's great. It gets people talking and yeah. I think as well, it's, it can be done by anyone at any age, at any level. And, you know, you might be different speeds, but you yeah. can still adapt sessions to include everyone. Yeah, absolutely. The speed sessions I do at the moment is based on minutes rather than distance. Yeah. So we all run for a set amount of minutes yeah. at a fast pace. Yeah. And it means that actually someone could be half the speed or twice the speed of me and yeah. we're still doing the same session yeah, together. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's what's quite nice about running. Yeah. It's so inclusive. Well, and I think related to that, the one thing that appealed to me about running when I started to get into it, it was like, you don't need that much equipment to mm. get going. What do you need? You need, you know, a t-shirt, a pair of shorts and a, and a pair of, you know, trainers. Yeah. Not even like a fancy pair of running shoes. Um, and you can turn up to a race and even if you just had that, you'll be fine. Like I always think about what, like if there, if there was ever a situation where I turned up to a race and I'd forgotten something, I could still probably run that race. Yeah. And I think as well, financially, there's yeah. not really too many limitations because running shoes can be very expensive yeah. and everything about running can be very yeah, expensive. Yeah. But taking it back to basics, yeah. you can get a cheap pair of running Absolutely. shoes and you can go to Park Run, which is free yeah. every week. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I like that, that yeah. it's not, you know, you don't have to have a fancy gym membership. Yeah. Um, spinning's great, but it is expensive. Yeah. It's one of these things that, you know, you can do no matter yeah where in life you are yeah and it's just a what is a great way of socializing because what well, we haven't seen each other for like what maybe two years <laughs> it's a long time and it was nice just to have a run around greenwich park just you know catching yeah. up on life catching up on our experiences comparing you know our notes on being a junior doctor uh and talking about what what we want to do next uh, I think, yeah do you feel like we were taught enough about exercise while we were at university because i found <laughs> medicine would be great if we focus more on preventative medicine is is my feeling um, and i'm not sure we're taught enough about it and to me physical exercise and i'm not just talking about running yeah. you know the simple basics of walking yeah or any other team sports yeah. is so important in physical health and mental health and i'm just not sure that we're educated enough about it or if we have the skills to actually motivate yeah. people to start doing that yeah. because often it's that first step which is actually the most difficult yeah. no, and as doctors it'd be really nice if we were equipped with the skills to motivate people to do that encourage them to yeah. to start well no i i 100 agree like i i would go further to the point that saying that and there hasn't been a single point in my educational lifetime where that where that point that you've just raised is made pertinently um, mm. going primary school way up to sixth form and into medical school itself um, it's sort of one of those things that is acknowledged that yes you know if you if you run a bit and you know if you walk around a bit yeah it, it, it does you well but that's really where that conversation yeah. starts and ends and, and it tends to be one of those things where there's like two camps there's people that do it and there's people that don't do it and you know that's where things sit really um so yeah no we, we we really don't and you would think as you know medical students um being tasked with looking off subsequently being tasked to looking after and looking out for the health of the population um there would be a focus or there would be a you know an emphasis on the importance of preventative lifestyle mm -hmm. medicine where we're treating to cure or we're treating to alleviate symptoms um, which is unfortunate because if we were to you know act at a point prior to all of this then the quality of life of the population would be a lot better yeah 
the burden that a lot of these conditions that have on the NHS would be less. So there's only real, yeah, there's only positives to come from if we were to do that. Mm. Um, and I think loneliness has become such an issue as well, both mm, in the older population yeah. as the population as a whole gets older, yeah. but also in our age group. Yeah. I think a lot of people say that they do feel isolated. Yeah. And to me, sports, whether it's, you know, walking or yeah. elite sports, yeah. there is that element of social connectivity Absolutely. and bringing yeah. people together yeah. that is so important in physical and mental health yeah. again. Yeah. I think it all kind of links in to each other so well yeah. no, and we need yeah. to be able to to get people out the door and feel good about it yeah. and not just say to them oh you know you should exercise more yeah, yeah. it's it's a lot more complex than yeah. that no i 100 percent agree like i have through through running and through the spinning that i do um i've i've managed to foster a really amazing group of friends yeah. which is completely isolate well not isolated that sounds negative but like just distinct to my work life and my social life at work because the two are like kind of intertwined like this so um yeah it's very important and you know as i've said it's been a it's a, been a great social catalyst at work to get along with fellow colleagues mm -hmm. and you know talk to them and it's even something where you know i've actually spoken to patients about it as well not from the point of view as you know you should run which perhaps is something we should be doing uh, but more of the context as I know when I was in the lead up to the marathon and when more of the nurses knew that I was running it it became more of a topic of conversation yeah. or on the ward so the patients were asking me more about it as well but subsequently after I did run I brought in the medal because some of the patients wanted to see the, oh, the medal so nice. uh, we say like music is a universal language but yeah. I think running has this power to you know to do that as well to it's it's a catalyst um for getting fitter physically uh getting better mentally um and as you said just generating a sense of camaraderie which mm. um which i think we could a lot everyone could really benefit from yeah and i think we could even you know drop the word exercise because yeah. i think people think think of exercise as something that's going to be hard and, yeah and strenuous and they're not gonna be able to do it yeah. and actually we just need to focus on activity yeah. because we're physically inactive yeah. and walking yeah. it sounds so simple but we're not doing enough of it yeah. we just go to our desk we sit down yeah. and there's this talk around sitting disease but we yeah we do need to have some conversation yeah. to try and generate people into well, that that mindset of we need to be more active and yeah. what can we do and how can we support you well like but it's not the the sole cure for sure. everything yeah. but it's definitely a piece of the puzzle which i think we miss out too yeah. much and there's a doctor that I follow on social media who I really like. And she says that she just leaves her running shoes or cycling helmet in her GP office yeah. just to kind of start a conversation or for, for patients to maybe think, oh, she run commutes yeah. or she cycle commutes. Yeah. And it can just be that one thought that might change people's attitude to think, actually, I can too. Well, yeah, no, I, that that sound, that's a brilliant idea. Mm. And I might try and steal that one because <laughs> I think that's... That is, is a visual cue that would really kind of, you know, start a conversation. But I also think going back to, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm going back the other way now, but when you're asking me about why I got into running, um, it was, it was the marathon that, you know, prompted all of that. But I think I also had an, an epiphany just as I was about to start working as a junior doctor. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to be tasked with, you know, looking after people and, imparting or giving advice on patients health now i feel like in order to do that i should at least represent yeah or attempt to represent a healthy person <laughs> yeah. if that yeah, makes sense it's, 
I mean, we, we're obviously there to advise, but it seems wrong to advise yeah. on things that we don't do ourselves. Exactly. And, you know, we should be trying to look after ourselves. Well, yeah. And how can we look after other people if we can't look after ourselves? Exactly, yeah. And I think when you've started it, uh, you're obviously very into it now, but yeah. having started, you know, a few years ago, you can remember how difficult it was. Yeah. And I think we need to remove the separation between you're really good at sports or you're really inactive yeah. and there's no crossover yeah. because the people that are really inactive can still take those first steps yeah. and it doesn't have to be huge. Like yeah. even a small amount of physical yeah. activity makes the world a difference. No, it, I mean, going back to the whole thing about, I, you just um, reminded me, there was another, you were talking, we were talking about barriers earlier to yeah. running and one of the things I found it very isolating at the start Okay. Uh, because my fam, my parents, I mean, they're, 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 they're not really, into sports and running mm-hmm. um they, they they watch it but that, that's yeah. that's about it my friends at university um i love them to bits but they aren't you know that they're, they're not into that kind of stuff yeah. so i would be you know turning i would be going to races on my own you know uh sort of trekking into you know wherever they need to be so and you know you, you sometimes go far for a race yeah. don't you so i'd go th- i'd go there on my own you know get ready on my own cross the finishing line on my own come back on my own um and you know, at times they'll be like, "Oh, you know what? It would it would be nice if someone was there." But I didn't. I actually didn't need that because it was such a it's such a personal journey yeah. that almost it was even more special. The fact that I was just you know I had this thing to do for myself. Um, but yeah, I think that's a that was a probably a barrier for me at the start, and probably a is barrier. a barrier for for lots of people. Mm-hmm. So. I'm just going to end now okay. by asking you a question. Ooh. I'm going to put you on the spot and just You haven't ask told me you. what the question is, have you? No. So I haven't got a chance to prepare. <laughs> no, this is a quick fire question. Right. I want you to sum up uh, in one word how running has changed your life. Ooh. It's not, it's not one word, but I think it's, it's changed my perspective of life. Okay. So yeah. the, word, the word can be perspective. perspective. I'll let you ask. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so I think it's definitely changed my perspective of life and because of it's made me realise for me personally, what's important and what's mm-hmm. not important. Uh, and as a consequence, it will subsequently have major, it will play a big part in me deciding where I go in terms of my career and in terms of life in general. Yeah, so I think, because we were speaking earlier about how important balance is yeah. for both of us. Yeah. And sport plays a huge part of that. Yeah, um, and mm. I think, yeah, it would... It has definitely done that, um, uh, and I think it's changed me for the better. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I can't imagine. It's got to the point now where you know it's similar. It's similar for you, like you can't imagine a life or a time where you weren't running. Yeah, because it's such an intrinsic part of what you do. If there's anything in particular that you'd like to know more about, then please do get in touch by emailing Amy at marathonmedic.com. If you want to keep up to date with the latest podcasts and blog posts, then you can also follow along by using the Instagram handle at Marathon Medic.